is Bloomberg Surveillance. We're seeing slow but steady growth in the European economy. It's just simply moving forward at a very sluggish pace. The good trends that are happening in the job market are starting mm-hmm. to spread. And I see that in our surveys of our smaller businesses. People vote via the stock market even though this political environment really doesn't have much to do with medium and long-term earnings growth prospects. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, I'm Michael McKee. It's 7 a.m. in New York and in Washington, where the Fed begins a two-day policy meeting this morning. The decision, 2 p.m. tomorrow. Nothing is forecast to happen, actually, but we are still trading on it and the Bank of Japan meeting on Thursday. We're looking at European shares higher today, breaking a three-day losing streak. The stock 600 up by a point, two-tenths of a percent. The DAX in Germany is off a little bit, seven points, less than a tenth, but the FTSE trading higher, 17 points, three-tenths of a percent. Here in the U.S., S&P futures are up by three points, a tenth. Dow E-mini futures up 22 points. That's also a tenth. NASDAQ futures at the moment are flat. Interesting moves in the bond market today. Right now, we're looking at the 10-year note yield lower by a basis point, 1.91%. The five-year, 1.38%. The two years higher, 85 basis points. So we've got a little bit of flattening going on. We're also seeing some reaction in the currency markets. Interestingly enough, the dollar index Lower again today, 94.575, but the euro trade stronger, 112.84. The yen trade stronger, 110.92 in the Department of Not What They Want to See. Uh, the uh, oil markets, West Texas Intermediate, 43.03, uh, is up nine-tenths of a percent. Brent crude, 44.93, up one percent. I should mention that Bloomberg Surveillance, as always, brought to you by Invesco. Don't settle for average in your portfolio. To Invesco, the right approach means investing with high conviction. Find out more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. In just a moment, when you hear her voice, you're going to realize that Tom Keene is not here today. I'm going to do my best impression of Tom. Tom is on vacation. Lisa Brownwitz, wearing a bow tie, uh, here to fill in. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What can we do? Yeah. I'll try. I'll try to do my best, Tom. Um, yes. Well, good morning. What is the, what is the best, Tom? I don't know. Anyway, uh, we have to get straight to our guest because um, we have to continue our conversation with Joe Stiglitz. We were just talking with him on uh, Bloomberg surveillance on television, and uh, we had just begun talking about U.S. politics, which, um, of course, you're going to have some interesting views on, uh, given. I, it, Joe's long, long, long involvement in how the economy affects those who are uh, less advantaged. Uh, your new book, The Great Divide, Unequal Societies and What We Can Do About Them, uh, now out in paperback with a, an updated uh, version. Uh, the U.S. political campaign continues. We were just talking about how Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton have talked a lot about inequality, your favorite subject. I, I want to repeat the, the question I asked you there. Is this going to be a subject that uh, moves to moves front and center for American politics after the inauguration of the next president, or are the candidates just running around trying to pander to the voters? And once we get back, uh, once we get back to, to governing, nothing happens. No, I think it's going to uh, represent a fundamental shift in in the discourse and in in policies. Uh, I think you know what people have discovered is that for a third of a century, we were pursuing a set of policies 
that were promised to bring greater economic growth. It was understood that there would be more inequality, but the gain from growth would far outweigh the the slight increase in inequality so that everybody would be a winner. And after a third of a century, we can declare that experiment a failure. That is to say, the bottom 90% have basically seen their income stagnate over a third of a century, while the country as a whole, their GDP, the country's GDP, has gone up. And so there are a lot of people who say something's wrong with an economic system where, you know, one-half, two-thirds, 90% are not really participating in the in the fruits of the economic growth that is that is occurring and the economy is not growing as fast as it was in the decades after World War II where when we did have shared prosperity well so, uh, go ahead lisa uh, so are Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders indication that we've reached some kind of tipping point or do you think that sort of the dissatisfaction with the way that the current society is set up is going to boil up even more into a more dramatic tipping point uh, I think it's going to continue to boil. And, you know, showing up not just in these income statistics, it's showing up in in all kinds of health statistics, so life expectancy, and, and people who are not, uh, men who are not uh, college graduates, uh, women as well, uh, showing up in increasing suicide, uh, deaths from all kinds of social, you know, like social disease, drugs. So uh, there's so many things about America that have become, you might say, unique. The fact that we have uh, much higher rates of incarceration than any other country. Uh, these are things we shouldn't be proud of. We have the highest level of inequality of any of the advanced countries. We have among the lowest levels of equality of opportunity. So when you start looking at these statistics, you have to be worried. And it is not a surprise that finally it's beginning to show up in our political, not only a, a political landscape, both in the discourse and in the, uh, the feelings that are go, uh, being reflected in large parts of the electorate. Do you expect anything to sort of prompt change? I mean, are you, do you see that sort of in the cards or not really? Well, I, I do think policies can change, but it's going to be a very long uh, road um, because inequality as we have it today in the United States is a result of a large number of decisions, not just one thing. So we have an education system that's serving to perpetuate the inequality. We have a tax system that's serving to perpetuate the inequality. America is, again, unique uh, in having those at the very top pay a lower percentage of their income in taxes than those who are somewhat better. That's a, a regressive tax system. There's some debate always about how progressive tax systems should be, but that no one advocates a regressive tax system, and yet that's what the United States has wound up with. Uh, if you look at one of the very disturbing features of our economy is this prevalent short-termism. Corporations are focusing on the quarterly returns. When you're focusing on the quarterly returns, you aren't focusing on investments in technology, 
plant and equipment, but also you're not focusing on investments in people that are leading to a more productive labor force. And without a more productive labor force, uh, you're not going to get long-term economic growth. Give me a one or two things that could be done next year if you had the proper president and the proper Congress, because you're still going to have at least half the Congress that isn't going to want to do anything. Well, there are some things that I think that are so egregious. I think there there, there could be uh, agreement. Uh, for instance, uh, a provision what's called carried interest uh, taxes, the people who are making their money right. out of taking apart companies and 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 uh, destroying jobs, that they should pay lower taxes than those people who are doing research, creating. Uh, new businesses, a lot of people think that that's outrageous. I think there's a broad consensus that could change overnight. Uh, there are uh, there's a whole agenda on what you might call uh, trying to change the focus of American companies to be more long term. You know, this is not just a left agenda. Larry Fink uh, uh, has been advocating that. Uh, if you look at what is causing that, it's related to our excessive emphasis on uh, stock options, uh, disclosure requirements, uh, uh, a whole set of provisions that would make our economy, I think, more efficient and more equal. You know, there is an argument that the U.S. economy has gotten less equal as the rest of the world has gotten more equal, and that part of the reason why you have seen this sort of outflow of middle-class jobs is that there has been a lot of outsourcing um, of factories to other countries. You know, so do you do you buy this argument? I mean, it's sort of difficult to, to change policies in the U.S. if it's an international kind of global conundrum. Uh, globalization is undoubtedly playing some role, and you you pick that up in 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 the debate, and and I think there's some truth in that, and I think President Obama's argument that just another trade agreement, and particularly a bad trade agreement like TPP, or we don't know what TTIP is like, is going to make things yeah. better. He's absolutely wrong hold, about that. Hold that, that thought. We're going to have to take a <laughs> quick break here because we, we've got to uh, uh, pay the bills, but uh, you know, we will we will give you equal equality in answering the question in just a moment. Joe Stiglitz from Columbia University, Nobel Prize winning economist, is our guest here on Bloomberg Surveillance, Bloomberg Radio Worldwide. This hour of surveillance is brought to you by BMW Mount Kisco. Visit BMWMountKisco.com. Here's Michael Barr with the latest news headlines. Mike, Lisa, thank you very much. Republican frontrunner Donald Trump is looking to do well in today's primaries. Five states, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, Connecticut, and Rhode Island hold presidential contests today. Democratic frontrunner Hillary Clinton is also looking to have a good day in the primaries. A strong showing could put her very close to clinching the nomination. South Korea's defense ministry says it has no intelligence to back up a media report that the North may be getting set for another missile launch. South Korea's Yonhap News Agency reports North Korea is believed to have placed a new powerful mid-range missile on standby. Rail service in France has been hampered today because of a strike over work conditions. About half of the high-speed trains and about a third of local trains are running today. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Lisa? 
Thank you, Michael. Well, we are seeing the markets uh, move a little bit higher this morning since we began. S&P futures are up some, three points higher, two-tenths of a percent. This is Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by SS&C. More experience, superior technology, independence, and expertise. That's how SS&C drives the future of fund administration. SS&C, they're the future of fund administration. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by CBOE VIX Options and Futures. Volatility can be harnessed with CBOE VIX Options and Futures. See disclosures and learn more at CBOE.com slash Powerful Outcomes VIX. A busy morning for earnings. Fiat Chrysler's profit rising in the first quarter, lifted by demand for Jeep sport utility vehicles in Europe and the U.S. Procter & Gamble posting fiscal third quarter profit that topped analyst estimates helped by cost-cutting campaigns. And Eli Lilly raised its profit and sales forecast for the year after receiving a tax benefit in the first quarter. S&P E-mini futures up three points. Dow E-mini futures up 28. NASDAQ E-mini futures up three. The DAX in Germany is little changed. Ten-year Treasury up 132nd. The yield one point nine zero percent. NYMEX crude oil up one point four percent or sixty cents to forty three twenty three a barrel. COMEX gold down four tenths percent or five dollars forty cents to twelve thirty four eighty an ounce. The euro a dollar twelve eighty one. The yen one ten point nine one. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Mike and Lisa. Thank you very much, Karen Moscow. Um, we're speaking with Joe Stiglitz, the uh, Columbia University economics professor, Nobel Prize winner. Uh, and just before the break, uh, you were saying some not so very nice things about the TPP trade agreement, and I interrupted you. So with the caveat, this is a family program. <laughs> you want to continue your analysis. Well, uh, there's been a lot of discussion of the role of globalization and inequality. Uh, and I, in my book, The Great Divide, I actually... Uh, spend several chapters talking uh, about that issue. Uh, and I'm very convinced that the way we've managed globalization uh, has led to greater inequality. And that, uh, particularly globally, but even in the United States, so for instance, TPP uh, will make it more difficult to get access to generic medicines. Remember back uh, in the 80s, we reached an agreement between yeah. Big Tharm Pharma and generics. It was called the Hatch-Waxman Act. And TPP undermines that basic accord about the balance. And the net effect is that it will raise drug prices. And I find that so ironic because Obama's signature achievement is Obamacare supposedly increase access to drugs and lower in prices, and yeah. yet, and yet in this trade agreement, he's going uh, exactly in the opposite way. The most invidious part of the trade agreement, though, is the investment agreement. Uh, another area where Obama's, you know, said he's trying very hard is climate change. And yet in the investment agreement, uh, there are provisions that will make it much more difficult uh, to p- pass uh, legislation that will uh, have regulations dealing with global warming, regulations to protect the environment, uh, health, safety. Uh, only one area of regulation was carved out, and that was tobacco. Uh, yeah. Yes. 
you know, what was going on in tobacco <laughs> was outrageous, what they were trying to okay. do in stopping that regulation. But, you know, we need climate change regulations. We, we could, need banking regulations. We could talk about, the, you know, TPP for an hour. Unfortunately, we only have a few more minutes, so I've got to uh, quickly shift gears here. You were just in Japan. The Bank of Japan meets on Thursday. The prescription you offered to the prime minister and to Kuroda-san? Well, uh, my prescription was uh, that they need to stimulate the economy. Uh, that's a prescription, I think. That fiscal is stimulus. Fiscal stimulus. And that, you know, they've done a lot with monetary stimulus, uh, That what they call their first arrow. Uh, uh, they shot it very strong, but there's a limit to what you can do. The scheduled increase in the sales taxes, I said, really ought to be uh, uh, uh uh, put aside. Uh, if you're going to have an increase in taxes, I said you need to have a carbon tax. Uh, a carbon tax has the advantage that at the very time that it raises revenue, it encourages investment. It encourages investment because firms have to retrofit themselves to respond to the challenge of global warming. So it's one of those few taxes that simultaneously raises taxes and stimulates yeah. investment. Yeah. Do you think that at this point that the stimulus programs in Japan and in Europe have reached uh, the point of, of being actually detrimental to growth and actually hampering growth at this point rather than stimulating it? I mean, that's one argument is if you've got, if you've got companies like Unilever, which just borrowed money with a 0% coupon in Europe, you know, why would they go out and invest in anything riskier? When they could just invest in something that's, you know, uh, mature, you know, slight, slightly higher yielding. Well, the old theory was that they would use that low interest rates and do more real investment. Unfortunately, but that's not happening. Unfortunately, more and more of the data say they're taking that low interest loans and paying out dividends. They're 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 not using the money that they're raising in financial markets for increasing their investment. That's true in the United States as well. And this is a major change in perspective about uh, the way financial markets work. It used to be that firms borrowed money for investment. Now they borrow money to distribute more money to their shareholders. And so that kind of stimulus effect isn't working. And that's why I've argued that one of the conditions ought to be if you have access to the Fed window, access to the windows, you know, the central bank, you have to show that you're actually that money is going for real investment, uh, not to pay out dividends, uh, not to buy back shares, share back buybacks in the United States, you know, reach uh, huge uh, levels. Uh, and so, um, that's, you know, th- that's one of the reasons why monetary policy has been relatively ineffective. And it goes back to the theme that you asked me about, what did I advise in Japan? It was, you need fiscal policy. And in the context of Japan, they were thinking of actually restraining, going the other direction with a rise in the tax, in the sales tax. And that would have uh, uh, dampened the economy just like the previous rise did. And they saw that. Uh, everybody said, 
in the, when they rose it, uh, increased it before, they said, don't worry, uh, the economy, we know how to manage it. It turned out that it did have the negative effect that I and others oh. uh, uh, anticipated. Very, very unfortunately. <laughs> Joe Stiglitz, unfortunately, that's all, we could go for hours. And so uh, we, we want to make a deal with you. When you have hours, come back here to Bloomberg Surveillance. And We'd love to do we'll that. We'll continue the conversation. His latest book, the updated edition, uh, you can get it now, The Great Divide, Unequal Societies and What We Can Do About Them. Uh, Joe Stiglitz from Columbia University, thanks for being with us here on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg Worldwide. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Outstanding offers are in full bloom at your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State Dealers. Take advantage of limited-time lease and finance programs on select models this spring season. Visit MBUSA.com for details today.